You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! The Daily Music Business Podcast. The content of this episode of the Daily Music Business Podcast comes from a video on the YouTube channel of Outer Loop Group. Go to outerloop.group backslash YouTube to subscribe. For Outer Loop Coaching's free seven steps to getting signed PDF, please visit outerloopcoaching.com today. Let's dive in. All right, thanks everybody for being here. I got a really uh, exciting panel to present and I'm super excited to have everybody here. So uh, today we're gonna be talking about the Sideman, uh, the uh, guy in the band who is usually hired on by the, uh, well, I would call sort of self-directed artist who uh, has a band that uh, is making enough money to afford to pay for musicians to help them out and fulfill their vision. So we've got four amazing sidemen here with us today, as well as Mike Mowry. So let me start by introducing Mike Mowry from 10th Street Entertainment is here. And I have Owen Beverly. Owen has an, uh, an amazing catalog of music that everybody should check out as uh, Indianola, uh, previously uh, French Camp. I'm going to go through all the different iterations, but also performs with Nicole Atkins and uh, has previously performed with Oland. Uh, let's uh, introduce Doc Coyle. Doc, you might know from the band Bad Wolves and previously from the band God Forbid. Gerardo Larios is here with us. He is from the band Spoon, probably the most uh, decorated, I saw an article the other day, it was the most critically acclaimed band of the uh, first 10 years, of the, or the last 10 years, something like that. It's, it's an amazing achievement, amazing band. And I've got Dan Sugarman here from Ice Nine Kills. Dan also uh, re, uh, writes and records his own music as well. So uh, let's get started. Doc, I'm hoping uh, you'd be willing to kick us off. Um, uh, when you moved from the East Coast out to LA, uh, did you envision getting a gig as a side uh, as a sideman? Was that part of your plan? And how crucial was it to be in LA to make that happen? Kind of. I, I would say it was more of an experiment. At the time, I was about 34 years old. And in rock and roll years, that's kind of like old man. <laughs> that's over the, over the hill stature. So I was, you know, kind of coming out here just to see kind of what I was made of. But what put me on that path really was getting a gig, filling in for Mark Morton from Lamb of God on a tour with Metallica uh, in 2009. At the time, I had never played really with anyone except for God Forbid. I actually turned down the gig at first because uh, I was so used to like being in one band and thinking of that group of people that kind of seeing myself as my own entity was kind of alien to me, no pun intended. And um, and that gig was such a high level in terms of difficulty and challenge. And it was on the biggest stage possible, opening for the biggest metal band of all time. 
And when I did that, kind of, and I was self, I doubted myself the whole time, it kind of, and I actually did a good job, it kind of put a different confidence in me that like maybe I could do things outside of just the band I was in. Um, when I quit God Forbid, I went on tour with On Earth, for, did two tours with them playing bass guitar, and then, you know, it kind of opened up this idea that maybe I could do it. And the thing coming out of the kind of hardcore metalcore scene was so many of those artists basically were as good and as professional as the band they were in was. And when the band ended, usually most of those people went to get regular jobs. And so it was kind of like a big, um, you know, feat to like survive past your band. Cause it means you're not just someone who exists on the achievements of just the kind of entity that you are kind of your own thing. And that was something I was trying to prove to myself that I actually, uh, was a good enough of a professional musician to actually play with other bands. And I moved to LA and I just started playing with everyone. And I got a gig with uh, this band called um, The Killing Lights, which was guys from Vampires Everywhere. Um, and they were like on Victory Records. And then I played with uh, a female drummer named Maytal Cohen, who's a huge YouTuber and I went on tour with her. And then I filled in for Darkest Hour, went on tour with them. And, you know, I, I play in a band with Rob Trujillo from Metallica called Mass Mental and sometimes another band with also Kirk Hammett called The Wedding Band. And even since Bad Wolves has taken off, I went and played with Mark Morton from Lamb of God with his solo band. Um, I've turned down gigs, you know, with, uh, you know, suicidal tendencies and things like that. So even though I'm in a band, you know, that is works full time, I'm always doing things outside of that and never kind of, people still call me. and. Part of it is just you, you, you tend to see the same people get the same gigs mainly because of reliability. You know, they just know, okay, this person's going to show up and I don't have to worry about them. They're going to show up prepared, you know, and usually nine out of 10 times I end up being like the, the musical director. I come in, you know, I got, you know, I got all the tabs for all the songs. I have all the charts. I'm like, <laughs> and not because I'm like, think I'm, better or work harder than anyone i'm just so paranoid about it sucking that i just go overboard <laughs> understood owen you've moved around a lot over the last few years uh what memphis new york nashville some time in scandinavia am i right yeah that's right yeah and so what are the differences in terms of uh, finding these sideman gigs from city to city, and and is there a difference between how you uh, uh, connect and ingratiate yourself to a scene when you arrive on it new? Um, well, I think you know probably like some other people on this panel and at large, you know what some of the work that I do is not necessarily a, a product of that's what I was trying to do when I became a musician. It's just that was the work that was available to me. Um, so moving around, trying to, uh, you know, uh, start new projects, uh, carry on with older projects. At some point, you know, if you're not financially um, successful at it, then you kind of need to make yourself available to a wider net if you want to be a musician full time. So for me, it's kind of been more about doing the work that is available for me to do and it, it's taken on you know in, I, i've learned to play instruments that i didn't know how to play because i got an offer to 
you know, go on tour with a band playing that instrument. Um, and now I'm doing a lot of studio work, which, you know, isn't something that I was into 10 years ago. So I think it's kind of like, it's such a dynamic field. You know, if you're dedicated to being in the music business, you know, the the big break is not always like the thing that comes along and changes your life. Sometimes it's just a slow grind over decades of kind of adapting and learning new skills and just doing whatever you can to, to try to stay in your scene. And I guess to answer your, your question, sometimes I, you know, when I moved to New York, it was because I was hoping to broaden my, uh, my, my networking as a writer and a musician. And it was really difficult because there's a lot of people that go to New York to do that. But after four or five years, you know, I had kind of gotten somewhere and was doing some really cool writing projects and it, and it started to play with, uh, you know, nationally touring act, which was OLAN. And then that led me to Scandinavia where, you know, I got some other gigs playing with some Danish artists. Um, and then after that, I kind of wanted to move to a new spot and, just try something different and so I ended up in Nashville which is another big music city and you know being here for three years I've I play with three or four bands that I haven't hadn't heard of before I moved here and you know it, it's just kind of I, I guess to reiterate my earlier point for, for me it's kind of constantly been about adapting and you know tightening up on whatever it is you know, if you get a call and somebody says, hey, do you play keys? It's like, well, I haven't done a keys gig in a long time. But, you know, maybe honestly say, well, these are who I've played keys with before. Here's some recordings of me playing keys. And then before the first gig, I'm spending two weeks playing the keyboard because I haven't done it in a couple of years. You know what I mean? Um, so for me, it's like just constantly adapting, trying to be willing to learn new instruments, new skill sets, new software, whatever it is. I just got a pedal steel last week after being in Nashville for three years. And, uh, you know, it's just, I, I think that it's, it's fun because it's challenging picking up the new skills and then you just have more things to work with and you're more available when an opportunity might come along. Subscribe today to the Daily Music Business Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. <laughs>